The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with caller interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Sorry, I'm three minutes late. Three minutes. How is everybody today? It is a wonderful, wonderful day here in Maine. And today is Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. And we are talking about trauma intuitive ability. We are on Mind, Body, Spirit. FM Podcast Network. Today's show is extremely exciting because it is a subject near and dear to my heart. Have you ever been in an environment for a long period of time where there are loud emotions? And maybe you could hear better if I actually had a headset on and microphone. Let me start that again. Today's show is near and dear to my heart. Today's show is about trauma and intuitive ability. Have you ever suffered from being in a situation, whether it was home or growing up or work for a long period of time or in a country where there were problems, where there were loud emotions, where people had difficulty getting along, and it was such an intense environment that after a while, even if it was quiet, you could hear a pin drop. You could hear the thoughts in the air. Have you ever had a crisis and tragedy that kept left you raw, like a cancer diagnosis, a loss of a loved one? that you were so numb, you couldn't think. So numb, but you could feel emotions, hear sounds and see things so intensely after that trauma that you had to be at home in a cocoon It's kind of like being in a with a migraine headache. You have to be in a dark room and pull the shades down, because after being in that kind of trauma and tragedy, it leaves you so hypersensitive to the environment. You have to turn the volume down, the intensity down, and everything, because you are a raw nerve. If you've had extreme, some extreme emotional, physical events, a sensory overload that changes your brain for trauma, for intuitive ability. 
And that's what we're going to discuss today. In today's world, it's very common to see people talking about such things as, oh my God, they have no boundaries. Oh my God, were you there? Could you just feel it in the air? You may be told that you're too sensitive. You may be told that you're the odd one, that you should have better boundaries and that you're an empath. But on the other hand, you find that there's someone who is hyperboundary that doesn't seem to be bothered by other people's pain at all. They may be called that infamous term, a narcissist, <laughs> which just means that someone can be bleeding right next to them. And they're like, can somebody hand me the Danish? <laughs> they just don't feel it. So that's what today's show is. This is Healthy Living Intuitively, Dr. Mona Lisa podcast on mindbodyspirit.fm network. And my name is Dr. Mona Lisa. We're taking your calls for this program for many readings, 207-846-6475. If you're shy, you want a private reading for a longer reading, a one or two hour reading, you go to www.drmonalisa.com or call 207-846-6475. And don't forget to mute your, to mute your microphones for the time being so that it doesn't mess up the recording just for now. And then I'm going to ask you to unmute because that helps facilitate intuition when you unmute yourself. God forbid I ask you to mute yourself permanently because then you won't have connection with your intuition. That's like having the TV on, but the mute button be on forever. So, so don't forget to subscribe to your Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But understand that this forum is educational only and not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. And please go to your healthcare provider if you have treatment. But if you're here and you have an emergency room, you go, oh my God, I feel like I'm having a heart attack. Oh my God, I feel like my toenails are about to fall off. Oh my God. Go to the emergency room right away. Step away from the Zoom. You can just listen to the rest of the podcast later on or even from the hospital. Just go to the emergency room, go to the nurse and go, hey, listen, do you have internet? Can we go on Dr. Mona Lisa's live podcast? You can even ask for a free mini reading. It's not a physician-patient relationship. I'm not getting a diagnosis, prescribing treatment, <coughs> doing psychotherapy. Can you hand me a, a mint, please? And she'll say, sit down. Just get it on a podcast. Okay. I try to think of an example that everybody can understand in pop culture. Everybody in their childhood may look around and go, you know what? I'm different. Not a narcissistic, like I'm special, different, or special need. I'm just different. How is that? You may notice that you're like a bomb sniffing dog, that you can smell something's going on in the family. Even if they're talking normal, like three, two, one at dinner. Did you have a nice day today? Three, two, one. Yes, dear. And you? If you're the person with the poorest, sensitive, unboundary brain, this will make you develop a twitch because you know they're not just talking about dinner, something wrong over there. And you might go to your parents and go, are you people having a fight? And your brother or sister will go, what's the matter with you? Are you a pot stirrer? Because you can hear a problem in the air. That induces psychosis. Well, if you notice you were different, in the movies, it's either Harry Potter or Monster Inc. And they label it magic. They don't name it intuitive because it's too many syllables. And it doesn't get good sales at the box office. Harry Potter was in a house and he has some trauma. It's right over his right frontal lobe. If you notice, it's right anatomically appropriate. I don't know what J.K. Rowling's, how she knew it. She must have a PhD in neuroanatomy, go figure, in neuropsychology. But he has an injury to his right frontal lobe, the area that censors the temporal lobe area for emotion and intuition. 
And if you have trauma or you were born sensitive, you're more likely to have an injury to the mute button, it's frontal lobe, and you're more likely to be emotionally porous or sensitive, stripped gears in the emotional area, and you're more porous or sensitive to vision, hearing, body sense. And yes, Eileen, you do. <laughs> Enough of this, not my problem. I don't believe it. No, I don't believe it. So you're more likely to have temporal lobe areas for mood, anxiety, sensitivity, not just for yours, but for other people. And then when you have hormonal changes, it gets louder and more intense. And then you can pick it up sensitively in other people. And you have some savant area. You're either good with art, music, therapy, spirituality, something there. But you're sensitive. And you can pick up subtle. You're a savant. However, when it's loud, it gets amplified and it goes to your body. And you tend to get autoimmune infections, they'll say, oh, it's a stress reaction. Yeah, it's stress because the people around you don't get it. They don't get anxious. They're too boundary. And you have those areas from cortisol and epinephrine. It's worn down. So you pick up their worries and their cortisol and you have your own. So you have two, two, two stresses in one, two cortisols, two stress hormones. And you wonder why you have reactive health. You wonder why you have reactive moods. And they say, don't make a big deal out of it. Well, it wouldn't be if you were paying attention. And worse yet, they'll go, that's not going on. That's invalidating. When someone goes, you didn't, I didn't see a plane go into those two buildings in New York. That's called invalidating. And that makes it worse. That's for crazy making. Well, Harry Potter, that's exactly what happened. So he has some injury in his right frontal lobe, which removes the sensor. Right side is emotional to understand subtle nuance in someone's voice, hearing, posture. The left brain is for the words, the rain in Spain, but it's monotone. I could hardly do it. The rain in Spain falls mainly on the plains. And then the right brain is the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plains. My God, I think she's got it. So you have this tone, but then it's not just the right brain tone. So the right, the frontal lobe inhibits it, but then it goes right to your body and your body picks it up and your body reacts. So you notice the original one, it wasn't just Harry Potter, it was Rudolph. You might have heard of him. He was handicapped. So some area of your body is going to stand out and let you know something's going on if you try to mute it with your frontal lobe. Well, there was this patient I had, his name was Rudolph. You probably didn't hear about him. He became famous. Um, and his problem he had a shiny nose and he was bullied. And when he went to school, um, the other kids, you know, made fun of him because they wouldn't let him join in any games. And whenever he got upset like me lately, his nose would turn red. Now, I didn't pick this out. This thing's occurred. Most people get garden variety skin cancers. You know, that would be the worst thing or maybe even melanoma. <laughs> no, that's bad. Okay, I take that back. No, no, I don't get that. I've used this shtick about Rudolph for years. And what happens? No, I get this lesion taken off my nose and it becomes something related to epilepsy which is related to intuition. If you're epileptic, you get these signals in your brain, if, if, and if it's related to temporal, if it's in your temporal lobe, it makes you more intuitive. The best in medical intuitives have a hyperactive temporal lobe, the area for intuition and mysticism and spirituality. Many of the great saints who are medically intuitive have hyperactive, hypervigilant, hyperintuitive temporal lobe. It just happens to be the area 
that gets messed up when you have trauma. Capiche? Your hippocampus through cortisol shrinks, but your amygdala gets big, huge, huge. It becomes double D. The amygdala is connected to the body. And so when you pick up something emotionally and intuitively, your body reacts. And if you ever saw him, you would even say it glows. Why? Because this isn't skin cancer. Oh no, this is an angiofibroma. These are associated at times with, wait for it, drum roll please, epilepsy. <laughs> it just so happens when I get upset because it's angio, it's blood vessels, what does it do? It turns red, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> it's annoying. So I can be walking around all day and if I get upset, it glows. Eileen, stop laughing. Enough, put the mask on so I don't see it. No, I'm kidding you. Take the mask off. You're in your office for God's sakes. Suffice it to say, you can't run away from intuition because it's gonna show up in your body. So if you try to mute it with your frontal lobe, it's gonna show up in your body and then it's gonna release epinephrine and cortisol and wear out, wear out, wear you out and increase your chance towards symptoms or health problems. The more you try to ignore it, the more likely it becomes amplified and your brain becomes more porous and sensitive. So Harry Potter was born this way and chances are you were born this way and, and the more likely you had problems at home, that is an early educational experience, like an internship that you're not paid and you didn't pay tuition. That's what happened with Harry Potter and all those shows like Harry Potter or Monsters Inc. And that's the shirt I have on today, Monsters Inc. You're sent away to an educational academy. <laughs> Harry Potter went to the um, Hogwarts School of Magic Sciences and Monsters Inc. went to Monsters School. And they have the shirts and everything. This is like, oh, I don't know, Hay House and uh, all the different places you go to and people buy their equipment. There's usually yoga mats involved and stuff like that. Suffice it to say, it's Hogwarts Academy. And everybody else is similar. You know, people might have their equipment They're sensitive. By day three, people are snapping. They'll look at each other and go, don't look at me that way. I didn't look at you that way because they're all picking up everybody's intuitive things. But chances are you can look at everybody and there's a lot of that twitchiness sensitivity and it starts to escalate. There's always one person in the family that's had a kind of, they were born that way and then they become the black sheep the repository, because people say you're too sensitive. And you are. I'm just telling you, you are. Because you are like a raw nerve that you can't censor. And then it goes down to your body and you react. You get all these allergies. And then you do all these allergy elimination diets. So you're eating gray celery, sauteed water. And you then you go to live in a teepee in Santa Fe and then you get allergic to a vortex. So you fall in a vortex, God forbid. Instead of saying that the people in your family are superficial or you know, dim, in Harry Potter, they call them muggles. The thing is, is, so you have a savant, but to be healthy on earth, you have to learn how to belong to normal people. And if you notice at the beginning of Harry Potter, at the end of the school season, where did he go? He went home because in many ways they had to learn to not use magic around quote, normal people. You have to learn to desensitize yourself and pass for a muggle, a norm. And that means developing skills on how to take a hat off or on, put on a frontal lobe or not. And as you can tell, and much of the story, Harry Potter put his hair so it covered up that little scar. So I went to university 
and I acquired a lot of frontal lobe skills. So I could say big words. Because in Rhode Island, we go, what are you, stupid? You don't want to be stupid, do you? <laughs> and I learned in my training to go, well, you have many choices to make. And that choice would be perhaps ineffective. <laughs> in Rhode Island, we go, you don't want to do that. You don't want to look stupid, do you? You can learn how to put on your frontal lobe and lower the emotional tone and go. I can only do it for so long. And I notice my nose is getting red. See it? You can only do it for so long. You can only pass for so long until you start to get emotionally incontinent and it spills out your pant leg. Like I think that that would be a possibility to experience life that way. And, but you understand it's not fooling anybody. But if I think that for a long term I could live that way, I've lost my mind. I'm re-traumatizing myself. So for kids, some kids have Ritalin to learn how to live in captivity or Adderall or whatever they're giving kids these days to learn how to live and, work and learn in a school. And then they can train their brain, their unique brain to focus, pay attention in, a, in captivity, in a school system. And you too can learn how to utilize your frontal lobe and acquire boundaries and selective perceiving of your environment so you can function in the world and so you don't keep losing organs like me. So, however, the best kids who do best with that unusual brain and many people with this kind of attentional style eventually have attention problems because a lot of long-term cortisol from this kind of loud intuition makes you have, you have like attentional problems because you're so focused on this intuitive situation that you can't focus right in, in front of you. And long-term problems with divided attention where you're dividing it from the intuitive realm to the earthbound realm, you have problems with divided attention. Kids who take Ritalin or Adderall Sometimes the physicians or whoever is prescribing it suggest what we call drug holidays or what I call they're allowed to be free range children or like free range chicken. They run amok, meaning they get to be who they are. So that you've heard of bi-coastal people, they are bi-cognitive process people. They learn that by day, they are a mild-mannered reporter, but by night, they go into a telephone booth and they are Superman. And so you can learn how to be able to selectively utilize your style because otherwise, if you're stuck in this style, you burn out your brain and body. It's difficult. Now you say, but I can't help it. That's the way I am. It's difficult on earth being constantly spiritual and mystical. If you are constantly in the heavens, and you don't have enough feet on the earth, it's not helpful. This is what I hear people saying when they say, they're not grounded. It tends to make you have poor health. So I'm gonna put the phone on the hook now because there were a couple of shows where I forgot to do that and I got all upset and I got abandoned, betrayed and rejected when no one called when really I had the phone off the hook. What an ass. <laughs> Today, when I was practicing on Instagram Live and Facebook Live, there was no phone signal. And it's because I plugged it into the wrong outlet in the wall. There's always something going on over here, okay? So let's just say it doesn't matter how many degrees and doctorates you get, there's always something. So I'm going to put the phone off the hook. It's unmute your lines. The, the number for the mini reading is 207-846-6475. And notice as I'm stopping talking because speaking is very anxiety provoking for me. As I talk about my anxiety, my nose gets red again. You can see it glow. Think Rudolph. 
that when I stop speaking, my nose stops being red because I'm a very nervous speaker. And you're like, oh no, she's not nervous. She looks very comfortable. I am socially phobic and anxious. PTSD, anxiety associated with intuitive ability, they're the same. So if you say, oh, I'm a nervous thing, I'm a very nervous thing, then chances are congratulations. You're getting the fruit basket with a canned ham basket. You're welcome to the club, but it means you're also twitchy and anxious. And chances are you have a twitchy and anxious immune system. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, we got the first bill, which means the phone works. What a joy. Hi, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. You are live on the air being recorded. Who am I speaking with? Hello, Dr. Mona Lisa. How are you today? I'm okay. Who is this? Uh, my name is Joseph Hart. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. How are you? Yeah, we're going to have to... We don't know your last name. How, how can I be of help? Uh, I have just been a longtime admirer of your work. Uh, I'm contemplating coming to uh, one of your... Uh, classes, oh, it's okay. Let me just tell you the people that because this is a gratuitous pitch. I have a seven day class. It's once a year. It is an intuitive training. You learn how to do a reading knowing only someone's name and age or you learn how to heal mind, body and soul. It is you go to www.drmonalisa.com www.drmonalisa.com It's limited to 50 people. So you need to get your room, your, you need to get in the room, okay? It's COVID safe. Um, you learn stuff you can't learn in an online class. You can't teach singing online. Definitely wouldn't want to go to a surgeon who learned it online or swimming. If you were in a beach and there was a lifeguard there, you'd say, would you learn how to swim and be a lifeguard? And they go, oh, I did. I got an online certificate. You'd say, this has been very life, very lovely. Go to a different beach. Anyway, you learn stuff in this class you can't possibly learn online because a lot of people go, can I just learn this online? The answer is no. So if you want to learn more about that, it's a July 18th to the 24th. Um, either go to the website www.drmonalisa.com or 207-846-6475. I think Eileen is coming over there. She's the one over there, right there with the glasses. She's precious. So how can I be of help? How old are you? Uh, I'm 52 years old. And what is your first name again? Because I have the memory span of a teensy fly. That's fine. Joseph. Joseph. Joe. Okay. There are very few Josephs these days. Thank you. It relies, it just um, renews my faith in mankind. How can I be of help? Well, uh, I'm like in part health-wise, uh, I have like itchy spots on my ankles and on my abdomen, but uh, they're both like a parallel and on my shin. Uh, wait a minute, they're what? Say that again. They're what? My liver. Oh, wait a minute. That's what somebody tells you in Chinese medicine. You have spots on your ankles and where? Uh, shins and like just above like my hip bones on both sides of my abdomen. For how long? Uh, probably like five years. They're not terribly bad. It's just enough to annoy me. Uh, but, uh, and I do have, a, 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 for the record, I, I do have a dermatologist appointment in about two weeks. So, uh, <laughs> I finally decided to, you know, uh, intervene, you know, see if I could find like, uh, you know, if there's a medical reason for that. Um, there's always a medical reason. Meaning when you look other places, you don't see spots, right? You know, I hate to say this to you. This is, um, I'm actually distracting you. There was once, so that I'm thinking, I was psych resident once and late mm -hmm. on a Friday afternoon, I had a patient come in and she had these spots on her face. I'm talking pink spots. Like you have to mute yourself. So, um, no, not you, this other person who we're hearing what's going on there. <laughs> They're talking about their aunt Sophie and how she's going to a country fair or something. I can't, I'm making it up. So anyway, so this yeah. woman comes in with these pink spots that are surrounded by, by blue lines. They were quite attractive, teal with pink or something. The only problem is, is I didn't know what to make of them. And 
I didn't know if she was delusional, psychotic, or that was a kind of part of um, a religion or part of her ethnic background. Do you know what I mean? But it's not yeah. exactly like I could go up to her and say, hey, what's the deal with the spots? <laughs> That's really Rhode Island. But I didn't really know the professional way of saying, so can you please explain? No, so I adjust my, because there's things you do professionally. You adjust your glasses and you <clears throat> clear your throat. There's a way of doing it. And you just say, so, um, and I still would go, what's the deal with the, uh, I, you, so I never asked. And to this day, I'm haunted by those spots. <laughs> so I wonder if she went to a dermatologist, whether the dermatologist would actually ask her about spots. But suffice it to say, are they all the time there or do they, go, they occur gradually? They, um, I want to say that they are, they are less itchy at other times. They're because, itchy. You know, they're, yes. Yeah, there's times like there's times that they itch and there's times that they don't itch. I okay, never, let me explain something. I never gone away. Okay, let me explain something. The first thing I see is the fact remains is almost always when the itches, they tell you it's dermatitis and they give you some cream that has some kind of steroid in it. It drives me crazy because it used to be in real medicine. You used to have to do a full internship in internal medicine before you did dermatology and the same with neurology. So you had to learn all these other health problems, all of medicine before you even bothered going to dermatology. Because have you ever heard of the phrase, the eyes are the window to the soul? Uh -huh. Well, the skin is the window to the rest of the body. Do you understand? It's like the toll booth. Okay. And so, they're going to say it's like eczema or something, which just means you're allergic to something. And they're going to say, do you wash your socks or do you use socks? You're, you know what I'm saying? Those two areas, do they have a selective? <laughs> I'm just telling you what happens. No, no, it's delightful. Yeah, thank you. No. Okay, so they reach in. Or, I'm not saying, because some dermatologists are absolutely brilliant, but I'm warning you, I'm giving you, I'm just telling you, depending on where you go. So if I were you, um, after you get, if you get one of those particular diagnoses and they don't work it up, because I'm one of those people who's really, 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 really anal. And you've had it for five flipping years. And you don't sound neurotic or, or nervous thing like somebody who says, what are these age spots? Well, number one, they're age spots. <laughs> and I have things on my legs that I've noticed have cropped up and I'm 61. So I figured that's age stuff. You know what I mean? Like you get spider veins on your mm -hmm. legs and stuff. And I'm like, you know, that's kind of stuff you get when you're older that I used to think was selected to old ladies and I don't consider myself an old lady, right? But it itches. And this stuff I have doesn't itch. So that's different. Do you understand? So when something itches, they talk about it with eczema. But I can tell you, it doesn't feel to me to be non-specific. It feels like it's related to something. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. When I look at you, I see you're very positive, but something in the, in the end, something ended in the, the past. Someone was depressed yes. in your life. Don't say yes. Let me do the work. They take the show away from me. Don't worry about it. Something ended. Something died. Someone left you or you left them or whatever the hell happened. It died. And you tried to get through to this person. You tried to get through to this person, but it was an upheaval and you lost a major stable part of your life. You're stable, they're not. And you got angry about it. And since that time, you like buried the anger and you moved on. You're done, you're moved on. Because that's how stable you are. The thing is, 
it's like when someone closes the camp, the camp fire after they're camping and just moves on to the next site, there are embers that are still burning. And somehow you can't fully move on to another relationship or partnership or something because you're still burning over that person. You feel burned. I see this situation is associated with symptoms in your body. What happened? Well, it was uh, you, you, every discussion. You nailed it, girl. You nailed it. I'm very sorry. Uh, um, the particular time that it happened, uh, both my father was dying and my son's mother and I were forced. Wait a minute. Your father was dying, and how old was he when he was dying? Mm, 70. Okay, so that's pretty young. But what? But what? But what else was going on? My wife was leaving me. Oh, that was it. So your father was dying. That was bad enough. But the stable place in your life, the place of stability, your wife was leaving you. Was she depressed? I do believe so. Okay. See. You don't say, I do believe so. Either, somebody tried that maneuver on the phone with me today. I said to the bank, is my account activated? She said, my, your account is already activated. I said, well, then why am I activating it now? She went, excuse me? I said, either I'm activated or not. Either you're pregnant or you're not. And she laughs. I said, why am I about to press a button where it says you're activating your account? And she said, well, it's activated on one side of it, but it's not activated on the other. I went, you know what? You're making me as we say in Rhode Island, not all. <laughs> this is the key. She's either depressed or she's not. The key is, you don't say, I guess so. You must have intuitively been picking that up. No, I- But you're not able to take- I don't know if she would say that about her. I understand that, but in a relationship, you're supposed to be able to take your feeling or intuition, bring it to your left brain, name it so you can respond effectively and release it. If she's depressed, you go, yeah, you're depressed on both sides. You can feel it and she can say it. It's handshaking. So she would say she's depressed? Uh, I think she would say now. At the time, she would not have said Okay, that. that's it. So that's invalidating. That's what I meant by you're sitting at a table and everybody's saying, isn't this lovely soup? Three, two, one. My meal is delicious, right? But you feel like you're going to throw up everything and you go, something's wrong. Something is really wrong. And they're going, no, I'm fine. You go, nope, you're off. You're depressed. No, I'm not. That's for crazy making. So do you keep saying you're depressed or something's wrong? Did you keep telling her that? No, I, yeah, because I was, uh, I, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't force the issue in part because I was going out of town like every other weekend because uh, uh, my, my father was passing, right? You know, and like so it, that made it worse. I, I could, I, that I, made it worse because yeah, she I, really I, was depressed. Yeah, I could just feel that everything was crumbling, and she kept on saying no. No, no, uh, but when you went out of town for your father, that exacerbated it because the person who wasn't depressed really got more depressed, right? Yes. Do you have kids? Uh, yeah, we have one. Uh, uh, this is getting uglier. And how old is that kid? Yeah. Uh, he was five at the time and he'll be 12 in June. Nice. So now the person who's not depressed, there's a, it's easier to be mad than sad because mad is an antidepressant. It has, it's sadness with whipped cream on it, dopamine. It's like one of those chocolate fountains. Fountains. It's an antidepressant. Do you understand? So now, how was the divorce after the un, unsad person? How'd that go? Uh, well, now it's great. You know, I mean, like we uh, we get along very well. I mean, like we, we maintain. Uh, and you you know, like she's still got itchy ankles, huh? Pardon? How come now I'm saying this meal is not good, its soup is not good, and you've got itchy ankles? Uh, 
What does she do for work? Uh, I don't know. Yes, right. And um, do you pay a lot of child support? Uh, no. Uh, we have a very equitable and uh, uh, I pay $200 a year because we split everything so evenly. Okay. How's your son doing? Uh, for the most part, he's thriving. You know, I mean, like, I think he's, he's a really good boy. I wish him upon most people. You know? I'm getting really anxious and I, my stomach feels upset. I look at your head. Okay. Why do I not want to take the ride? Because you're now, you're, remember when she said she wasn't depressed? Yep. Now you're not. You have now put your mute button on. Okay. okay. And it's going down into your body. Something yeah. wrong here. No, I mean, wait, like, a minute, wait a minute. Let me explain. Let me explain. How, uh, yeah, wait a minute. Okay. No. Not just the child. Um, how soon after the divorce did she get involved with somebody? Uh, immediately. But I mean, like, you know, like before we split. You know, that's very unusual. Usually the man gets involved with somebody very quick. And the average for a woman to get involved is five years. Isn't that funny how that is? And you, Senora, how long did it take you to get involved? Uh, like a while. And like, it's still like. Uh, that's, a, that's an agreement. Carlos Castaneda, yeah. whenever there's a bell or anything, my, my, uh, my front door, which I can't answer because I'm recording, just went off. And you said it took me a while. Ding dong. So let me ask you another question because I can't get up. Do you understand what I mean by an agreement? Now, Eileen Travell, I mean, Eileen, eh, we're going to knock out that, that noise. Eileen uh, nodded her head and laughed because that was an agreement. So we're going to go back to that backup instant replay. It took a while. The big question is, is she with somebody now? Yeah. Are you with somebody now? Uh, no, nah, yeah, I'm, I'm out. So the answer is, I, I had been seeing somebody in... Uh, there's still some lingering, but for the most part, I know that I'm... So, by and large, you have post-traumatic wife disorder. <laughs> so, your major problem is not your concern for the husband, the concern for the son. You feel like someone who got run over by the lawnmower. I look at your head, I look at your neck, I look at your thyroid, I look at your heart. There's something different about your heart. I don't care what they say. There's some people when they get stressed, the cortisol goes up and their bowel lining changes. Some people say it's the, what do you call that? The microbiome. And then the endotoxin leaks in the blood and it makes the blood sticky and they're more likely the cardiovascular problems. There's something about you. You have to actively treat your depression. You're stuck on grief. You'll say no. I say yes. You lose. I win. Not like I know exactly what's going on in my life emotionally. When this show is not about me. It's about you. No, it's, it's, this is real. You are going to do that because you have to. Because your sadness is going into your body. And they'll say they're going to throw cortisol cream on you. Very lovely. I want you to get a stress test. And when they throw you on, they'll gently place you on the treadmill. I want you to put a picture of your ex-wife on, the one you are best friends with. <laughs> Get it? And I want you to think about that person while you take the test. Then I want you to go to an acupuncturist, Chinese herbalist. I want you to treat whatever meridian is out of whack. Are you following me? Yep. That includes herbs that treat, soften your blood vessels and so on. I can't use them on the air because this is educational only and not, we're not having a physician-patient mm -hmm. relationship, okay? Coenzyme Q10, 400 to 600 milligrams mm -hmm. a day. Ask your practitioner, okay? Good luck. You take it easy, okay? Yeah, thank you so much. Because you're turning the anger is turning into sadness. You're turning it inward. And she just got busy. That was impressive. Mm, she was really depressed. You went out of town? When the cat's away, meow, meow, the mice play.
Good luck. You take it easy. He's very intuitive. What a sweet thing. You know what? Just say the word. I could have women lined up outside of his door around the corner. One of these days, I'm going to have an intuitive matchmaking service. I'm telling you. When Chris Northup was going through her divorce, I put, I asked her if I could do this. She said yes. So me and her secretary, Diane, we, I created this, this advertisement for the Boston Magazine. It went, help, my best friend needs to meet somebody because she was sad. And I put it in there. This is how you get your wires crossed. I put it in there and three men appeared and answered it. And Diane and I screened them. And one of them happened to, I picked them, okay? Or they were drawn to me for her. One of them lived down the block from my mother in Rhode Island. Can you imagine? <laughs> Frightening. Anyway, that's just scary. I don't know how that happened. I couldn't even believe it. Down the street. We are like a, a hundreds of miles away. Um, does anybody have a question about um, tragedy or trauma they've had in their life and intuitive experiences or reactive body intuition that you've had for loved ones and how you can't stand it, how your body reacts to the pain and suffering of those around you. Anybody? No one is saying anything. I'm not gonna have to ask anybody because I'll call on somebody. Angie says, Angie the beautiful says she's fine. So we're not gonna ask Angie. Um, everybody has a savant ability and it's tied uh, into their intuition. Somebody ask something? Yes. I, okay. I will, I will, I will. Okay. Go ahead, because um, I realized those are hand raising. Go ahead. I didn't yeah, know. Um, oh. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I, I do. I do use my body as um, the canary in the coal mine. And I was very upset when my dad recently had passed and I had skipped over a couple of emotions. And because of that, I realized um, I just gave birth to uh, five and seven centimeter um, kidney stones. Cause I realized that I missed out of the anger part and um I just took it into my body because I thought, oh, I'm so spiritual. I know what's going on. I can talk to my dad anytime. I can have a better relationship now that he's passed. And uh, I skipped over a couple of the parts and uh, boom. But you can't. It's not the same. Um, huh? It's not the same thing? No, hold on a second. A friend of mine recently died. And they killed themselves. It was very upsetting for me. Um, and my first response was I was very angry. Um, because I thought it was unnecessary. And I saw the suffering that it affected on other people. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of serious health problems since 12th. My father lost his job and my mother started screaming. And after a negative scoliosis test in gym class, within two months, my spine curved 120 degrees. And mm -hmm. um, it was sticking into my heart. So my heart was enlarged, which is pretty ridiculous. And my had increased lung capacity. And because of the extreme nature of that situation, 61% of my spine had to be fused. Mm -hmm. My back never fell apart after marathon running. It never fell apart after right. running, getting run over by the truck. It fell apart after doing an MD and a PhD and um, having my research thrown on the floor and saying it's shit and all this other stuff and not getting supported financially by my advisor and borrowing $275,000, it didn't, I just woke up one morning and I couldn't feel my fingers. 
And over the course of, now I'm 61, and I have no more discs. The, the main majority of people have 26 discs. Yeah. I have one left. I have one vertebrae left, and it's the one below your skull. It's called the hangman disc. Now, I want you to think in terms of, there's a reason why I'm going here. Yep, yep. No, I got you. There's a game you play as a child where you try to guess a phrase. It's like the wheel. Yeah. Of yep. The hangman, and, yep. But you draw a hang, you draw yep. a, a noose and you draw body parts on the noose where the person guess, doesn't guess correctly. Mm -hmm. And if they don't guess appropriately for the number of letters, then you say hang you're dead. and they're dead. Oh. Yep. So basically I have one disc left until hangman. And I fall the and then I die. I die. I have one disc left. If I fall, I die. Forget paralysis, quadriplegia. It's so I before the last surgery, I could die. They don't even do the surgery on anybody. I had to go all the way out to Phoenix. And I actually thought of euthanasia. I talked to a minister about it. I arranged everything. And I even gave a dear friend of mine who actually now has breast cancer, ironic as that would be. I gave her a bottle of Coumadin that if I came to this, I even, I, before I went to the surgery, if I died, because I've died before the surgery out there, I, sure. I um, first 10 minutes, um, I didn't want her to go through that again or anybody. So I handed her a list of the 24 hour funeral homes that do um, cremate they they put you in ashes cremate yeah. cremation and you can see that i've made peace with this because my nose is not shining hmm. yeah mine too and so and so i thought about you know so i handed her coumadin and then i died and told her how to cremate me and i even looked in the plane rides on how to bring the ashes back it's been very difficult and when my friend killed herself, I was very angry because I watched the response on the families. It was devastating. It was devastating. And hopefully you don't know who this is. And so after getting angry with her, I realized the gift of it. And the gift was that if I ended my life, how much it would hurt other people. Sure, sure. And so, this is about your question. What were you saying? I'm telling you this about your question. What was your question? No, uh, oh, I- I was can, answering your question. I know, I can hear, I can feel you from here. It was, um, I, I skipped over a couple of emotions. Okay, that's it, with that's it, that's it. So I was very angry. Yes. Very angry. And then, because oh, I said, I just, it show, wait a minute, it shouldn't have happened, shouldn't have happened, shouldn't have happened. And then I couldn't go to the funeral because I couldn't get, I couldn't get the rental car because the rental car involved taking a, so insane, taking a, another car and I couldn't carry the bag. And so I had to cancel it because I didn't want to tell anyone how handicapped I was, but it was good. And the reason why it was good was because I stayed home and after the funeral, I watched old tapes and I saw her when she was really young. And I realized one of the reasons why she killed herself and why she went downhill so badly. And then I realized that it wasn't needless. And then I watched the tapes and I realized that I wasn't deep sixing. I, Cause I kept thinking, you're angry, you're angry, you're angry because you're deep sixing your grief. That was it. And it's easier to be mad than sad. And I know that right. that's Karen Hornet. Cause I'm thinking that you're being too hard on yourself. But, but there's a natural evolution of how emotions turn into other things. 
because you look like someone who is very vigilant and conscious about how things are and you're being too hard on yourself. So as I'm watching this video. Oh God, look at my nose. <laughs> I'm watching this video. And she's singing. A mother's gift is how she cries. I started to sob and sob. And I realized I didn't, and neither did you push your emotions back. And for a while I stayed away from this family because I was picking up all the pain. That right. I was the canary in the coal mines. And I had to stay away. And the day this individual died, somebody called me and said, it's time for you to come home now. It was the nicest thing. And it was so mixed up because it was grief. So first of all, there's anger. Right. And yeah. then it was joy, come home. And that mm -hmm. made me feel guilty because I'm part Catholic and part Jewish. And that's all confusing. But you understand that it's not that you were deep sixing it. Small intestine meridian Chinese medicine means sorting things out. It takes time for you to go, this goes here, this goes here, this goes here. I wish you could sure. see. I can't turn this here because chances are I'll disconnect the whole thing. So if you'll see that I had paralysis because after the surgery, I of course fell and then I lost my hands and my feet. I couldn't walk. And they kept wanting me to go to the emergency room. I went, I'm not going, I'm not going. I can't walk. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you're going. And I'm not, I said, they can't because they'll fuse my head, my skull to my. Oh my God, I was tapping on the back. And I was so scared. And I waited a week and a half. And then finally, I couldn't get a private plane. It took me six, a whole a half a day, a day and a half to get to Phoenix. And I waited in the ER for 16 hours. And they gave me a steroid injection, not injection a drip. And then I watched my legs, my feet uncurl because oh. there was a woman with MS across from me. Oh, sure. Of course. Me. And we both got the same treatment. And that was the gift of that because I realized she was so bad. She was 23 and there was me and I knew she wouldn't get better. And I would. And I'm like, Oh my God. Cause I went from crying with the nurse and going, just let me go home. Let me go right. home and die. And I watched my feet come out and I watched myself, my hands work. Just And I was watching myself walk. And I went across the street. It was December 19th. And I bought Christmas presents and holiday presents for everybody. I said, everybody pies, you get a pie, you get a pie. It was like right. Oprah with the cards. It was my Christmas miracle. And so why I say this to you is the small intestine meridian is about sorting things out. And I came home for physical therapy to help me move my fingers again, because they were all paralyzed. Right. It started sorting out Legos and I built an entire estate, a house. Hmm. I'll put pictures of it on Facebook. Yes. Three stories. We're not talking about a house. I was got a pool, a waterfront. Hmm. <laughs> It's yeah, what I saying. My point is, is that I what I got was sorting out the bricks. I needed to sort right yeah. out by colors and everything else. It takes you time to tease out the emotions. I was sad. I was angry. I was happy. Right. I love her. Right. And so there I am crying, and the cats are looking at me, going, "You know, you've got to get it together." <laughs> right. Yeah. And then I realized it's okay. So no, you didn't bury it. You're being tough on yourself. And I don't know who you grow up with. They were invalidating. They were not. But, right. Yeah. But my point is this. All that makes you even better because you've worked harder. Right. And so I don't think you tucked it in. I just no. think it takes you. No. I just drink more know. water. Yeah. But I, you probably have the physical sequela of it because it takes, it's like lightning and thunder. 
it takes time for it to come out. Right. It took, yeah. it took two weeks, two weeks. Yeah. And do yeah. you think it's going to end? My nose is a wreck. No, look at my nose now. I have the same thing as you. I know. Go ahead. We'll go to we'll point, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Right. Wait, no, exactly. Um, there is a song called You're the Top by Cole Porter. And it's about savants. Yeah. Everybody's the best and they're all flawed. It's, you're the mm. Tower of Pisa. It's crooked. You're the yeah. nose on the Mona Lisa. No, yeah. you're the no, no, your nose on Jimmy your Durant. You're the, oh, uh, you're the Mona Lisa. All of them, right. <laughs> all of them right. are about something superlative. The Mona Lisa, the Mona Lisa does not smile normal. The nose on the no, Jimmy it's Durante, like... it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, he was bullied, but now he'll go down. You'll go down in history because yeah. he, in that malformation, Mickey Mouse is in Cole Porter. He has an ear malformation. He has eromegaly. If he was in Hollywood, he would have had ear reduction surgery. And we yeah. would not have <laughs> we would, Disney yo, World in no. Disneyland. So if you look at him, he's not a normal mouse. For God's sakes, I don't know how he holds his buzz head because don't. you don't see. So my point is, all of them are abnormal. If you look at yeah. Elton John when he sings, he's, he, his he's eye not, he, he has to go like this all the time. And that's because he is activating his left hemisphere to speak. I look at people like this and it's like, what? I stare. And then I learn you're not supposed to stare because how else are you supposed to get all this information? No, no I, I agree is, with you. So my point is, and your left eyebrow just went up. So I'm just w- uh, warning you, you just did it. You just synchronized with Elton John and you are now with Elton John. <laughs> hey, I'll are, take it. I guess I'll take I want it. you He's to fabulous. know, uh, I'm just telling you right now, it must be hard to be you because you just mentioned a name. Um, I I'm can. not going to say, Khomeini. You don't, do that. <laughs> don't say any no, evil person no. in front of you. No, I'm just saying, because oh, you understand, you'll immediately key into them. But anyway, that's trauma because then they can, someone can say she has no boundaries. You don't. All you have to say is it's like no. asking someone to sing a song in three notes. Barbara Streisand, can you sing I Love You Mamie? And she'll go, she'll sing it because she's a perfect mimic. She can sing anything. Um, and that's actually what actually, that's exactly who it was. Elton John did the same thing. That's your, that's your communication with Elton John. Elton John is a perfect savant in that he can imitate music when he went for his a royal school of music whatever they call it, the hell they call right. it he went there because he can he would listen and he would just play it on a piano so he went there and the lady's practicing and he walks into the room and she says okay um play the music you prepared and he looks at her He's and like, he goes what? i haven't prepared anything and she goes this was of course in the movie and so she goes we'll play something anything and so he sits down and he plays flawlessly, flawlessly what she was playing. And then he stops. And she says, oh, no, keep going. And he says, I can't. And she said, why? Now, notice that she's a going. teacher. She's the expert. She's the person that's interviewing him. And he says, I can't because that's where you stopped when I came in. So in other words, he doesn't know the song. He just picks it up. He has no boundary. Yeah. So where do you think you got it from? You imitate my nose. You imitate Elton John. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yes, I was. I'm not yeah, going to say anybody else's name. God forbid I start using no. physical problems. You, Missy, no. me. I, I, yep. I need to come in July. I hope I have been of some help. This has been wonderful. Thank you. Good to see you. Thank you Thank for the you help. Thank you so much for everybody. You people are wonderful. I love you people. The moment that Every time a radio show ends in one network, the next week I start another one because I love this. You understand mm. that I would not be alive. You understand the reason why I'm alive? Yeah. My, I'm alive because I have a purpose. God, the universe, whatever you believe in, if, if it weren't for this, and if for whatever reason I trip over a cat toy, and you don't, no, I'm serious. You know what's going to happen one of these days, okay? I'll trip over a cat toy and you'll go, there's no, I don't know what happened to her. And then you'll find out because I've already prepared, you know, of course, I've already prepared the memorial service. <laughs> there are songs. 
you know this. Don't get upset. Don't get upset. I have bad. I have a wonderful life. If you come to my uh, my if you come to my class, you'll see my house. And you'll go, dear God, that place is outrageous. It's busy. Too busy. It's, no, it's not too busy. Okay, it's not. That's upstairs. You want to know why it's too busy now upstairs? Because we had a flood downstairs, and everything has to be moved upstairs. Downstairs is empty. <laughs> empty. It's devoid of anything. So you understand I'm living within 600 feet. Take all of your house and cram it in to whatever you're living in at the moment. No wonder I tripped. You understand? So no, it's not busy. The reason why it's busy is because what you see is where I'm living. Everything else downstairs, there's nothing. You go down there, low in there, low, low, low. It's empty. So next week, if we have the class downstairs, you're like, Jesus, it's a tunnel. <laughs> you have a great week. I love you people. I live on purpose. And then I'm going to say the ending. I want to thank you for welcoming you to your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively. Have a great day. Be well. Do right. Live brilliantly. Mm, thank you. Have a great day. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down.